Uh, yeah, you try to slick an episode. You try, yeah. you try to slick, you know, under the episode. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back, we back. You know what I mean? Um, this is the fifth episode of the Inkistry Shop Talk podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, your host, Glory. You dig? And I'm here. We back with the one and only Nikki Nolani. What's happening, girl? What's up? Yeah. Oh, I'm on like 50% of these shows already. Already. You know what I mean? <laughs> we moving fast. Yeah, I'm going to have you actually hold that. And, uh, let me sit this up. Yeah, just keep this part upright. Yeah, we getting the mic situated. You know what I mean? We we, we got to get the audio situated properly, just mainly because on account of we using my coil machine right now, it's a little louder than uh, my rotary machine. So we going we gonna to speak on the buzz today oh that's good what's the buzz right right, right. <laughs> i don't want to call it that because that was on, such a dad joke i'm having no motherfucking <laughs> rotary machine so you know we're gonna have a nice quiet atmosphere you can hear the you can hear a, a little bit of rotary action coming soon but right now we're gonna we're gonna pick up um with this coil machine so we'll be projecting over the buzz right now so 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 yeah you was gonna go ahead and read a poem yeah right? i'm gonna read a poem yeah okay. yeah yeah I'm gonna set this. Can't believe we're Sorry. doing poems again. Hey, you, you. I'm a poet. What can I say? <laughs> well, fuck. I actually, you know, you read a couple of your writings to me, and they I were like actually that. worth, you know. This one's like the time. Yeah, you know, this one's shit. about because I'm diabetic. It's called "To Love a Diabetic," and it says, "To love a diabetic is to be a doctor. It means helping her to remember her meds. It means driving her for an hour to the only 24-hour pharmacy when she's gotten the flu and can't take Nyquil in the fridge." Or driving her to a hospital when the simple flu turns to bronchitis or her blood turns acidic. To love a diabetic is to be patient. It means knowing that someday she won't feel good for no visible reason. It means canceling long-term plans when she suddenly doesn't feel well enough to go on a trip. Or waiting to go to bed while she injects her bedtime insulin. To love a diabetic is to be a priest. It means consoling her when she's tired and feels like she can't do it anymore. It means listening and not passing judgment while she tries to figure out her new dosages and makes mistakes. Or during those tough times, listening to her burial wishes, um, just in case. What the hell? Uh, To love a diabetic is to be a guardian. It means standing up for her when strangers accuse her of being a drug addict. It means discreetly asking her friends to keep an eye on her when she's testing new meds and doesn't know the reactions to her body yet. Or staying up with with her through those nights because she's too afraid to fall asleep where a coma can find her. To love a diabetic is to not be superficial. It means seeing her bruises as, bruises as beauty marks. It means caressing her scars across her stomach or kissing her dry lips when she's hooked up to IVs. To love a diabetic is to be understanding. It means knowing that she doesn't mean to get hot-tempered when her blood sugars are too high. It means listening to her when she asks to start a family soon or donating time and DNA to sciences you don't fully understand just because she asks you to and because it promises to cure her. To love a diabetic is to mean smart, is to be smart. It means researching new meds even though she never asked you to. It means listening to her explain her new findings in terms that aren't typical language or making her smile when she desperately wants to scream. To love a diabetic is to be selfless. It means going to a restaurant based off the carb menu instead of the atmosphere. It means going without dinner money when without dinner when money is tight because you can buy her meds with it instead or testing your blood sugar on her new meter to make sure it's working properly enough even though you're terrified of needles. So to love a diabetic is to be brave. Um, where did that go? Is to be brave. It means keeping your chin up when she talks about those scary moments. It means not allowing her medical mistakes to color your relationship with her emotionally, 
or keeping positive spirits even though all the websites and gatherings tell you she won't statistically make it past her 40. To love a diabetic is not easy. It means putting her medical needs before any other finances. It means worrying every... Fuck this phone. means worrying that every... Um, I lost where it was. Oh. It means worrying every moment that she is properly cared for, um, even when you can't see her. It means trusting her life in the hands of so many new doctors who don't understand the full complexities of her disease. Thank you for loving me. Fuck. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's some shit. That's pretty insightful, yo. That's actually pretty dope. If my hands wasn't full, I'd be snapping my thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's that's um that's pretty deep, man. I mean that that was like real insightful into a lot of the actualities that come. Um, oh yeah. You know, with that well, condition, a lot of shit I never even thought about. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like you know, like spray tans. You know, like they're sugar based. Mm-hmm. I can't have those because they will put sugar into my. Like it'll just go through. Right, right to your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like cough syrup. That's one thing. I can't just have regular NyQuil or anything because it's called syrup. So no lean. No lean for you. No, no I mean, no that's, that's a difference. I got that <laughs> liquid morphine. I got that the promethazine. Yeah. yeah also, yeah. being um always in the hospital is like you learn every which way to get the goods. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like dude, if I got to be in here, the secret number is seven, people. Mm-hmm. You're in pain, it's seven. But you got to make sure it's like... If you're going to tell someone that you're in pain like that, you got to make sure that nothing like they could absolutely do to you would make your pain worse. Right. So like right, if they right. kicked you right in your number seven pain, it wouldn't hurt anymore. Right, right. Wait, so. You're talking about on the pain scale. Yeah. Right. Because they do ask you what's the pain scale. and They know you're full of shit if you say nine or ten. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to get into the ER faster, you got to have you either hit your head or you can't breathe. And when you can't breathe, you can't talk that well. So mm. I fell down hit my head you'll be first in row and then you go in there for your thing and mm. they don't take lightly to that it's real gems mm-hmm. you know I had some experiences in a motherfucking emergency room uh, with my thyroid condition I had a, I had a, a adenoma in my thyroid and I found out the last two years that I had it what it actually was but for the first seven to eight years before that you know we was doing all kind of different scans and tests and trying to figure out what the fuck was going on and my body was slowly shutting down and, yeah I spent a lot of time in that emergency room man those times they thought I was full of shit too and your thyroid's responsible for like everything yeah. so I have thyroid problems too and it's like that is like your main hormone that gets like your main gland that spits off hormones that regulate your entire body so yeah I, when you I tell people I was dying Motherfuckers don't understand that shit. Like, I, the whole time I was still doing boxing, training, and working. That's, yeah, that's because you're a fucking warrior. Yeah. I had a thyroid doctor one time ask me, she goes, how'd you get to the appointment today? I go, I drove here. They're like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were awake. Like, how did, we didn't even think you could be awake right now. I'm like, I got yeah. four jobs. You tell me if my thyroid was functioning and 4% I could probably fly? Like, I could probably be Superman? No. I can't believe all the shit I was doing while I had that condition. Like, and when I found out all of the shit that it did to my body, like the thyroid conditions were fucked up. My hair, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My hair fucking thinned out. That's what happened to me. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, you know, that's tough. You know, the endocrine shit. Um, 
But, you know, aside of that, you know, I had a lot of anger issues and yep. shit. Fatigue, were you hella tired uh, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I, would, I would be up running around. I'd be good. And then for a few days, and then I'd be in a hospital for like three, four fucking days. You know, because of, you know, I had a high stress life. I worked, I worked a lot. I, I still work a lot. I'm doing all the shit I was doing. And then on top of that, I still try to maintain like fitness. I think the fitness helped to a bit, but like all of the hard working out and training and shit. Uh, Do you take any like thyroid hormone replacements or? No, 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 I'm good. Um, I just had to get the adenoma removed. Oh shit! Because I was uh, raised, that shit was causing my calcium to raise in my blood, and it was toxifying my blood and my body. And yeah, it was it was crazy what it was doing, man. Like I said, I'd be in the hospital for fucking like a week, you know, from hypercalcemia and dehydration and shit. You dehydration know I mean? is a bitch. That's like yeah. nobody knows what dehydration feels like or how bad it is until you've been dehydrated like yeah, a real kidney stones and all of that shit. And yeah, no, it was. No, I've, I went through some some of the, some serious fucking pain, and um, I, it was a point where I did, you know, feel like I was gonna die. And I did come close to some real serious shit a couple times. And I ended up getting the surgery, and uh, for the most part, you know, I've been good because uh, I always had the diet and stuff. Um, but I think um, unless I was able to stay at home and heal. I wasn't going to be able to make it without the surgery. Because, I told you, you know, about the theory of spoons last time I was here or no? Uh, no, no, what's up with that? So the theory of spoons is something like, I know that like the thyroid things that we have are different. So basically like autoimmune disease, it's like an invisible illness, you know, mm-hmm. like you probably didn't look really sick on the outside like that. You know, people aren't going to typically think you're sick because you're right. still walking around moving, but yeah, most of the doctors thought, they was like, you know, you're fine. I'm like, the fuck? Oh, when you know, you know. There's something <laughs> yeah. wrong with you. Like, yeah. So there's this um, this writer. She's like, the reason I want to get a spoon tattooed on me, like on my hand on the side, mm-hmm. is because of this. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm about to be reading you something again. But she so has lupus. And, you know, lupus is... Yeah, so it's invisible, and she has a best friend, like her roommate in college, who's like, you know, what is lupus? Like, what does it feel like to have lupus? And she's like, well, I mean, like, don't you know the medical definition of lupus? And um, she ends up trying to, like, convey to her what it's like to have lupus by using spoons, and it's like, oh my god. It's, I, I read it every single day when I first wake up in the morning. I shit you not, because it it makes me, it reminds me, like, of, the, like, what it is like to, for me, to have an invisible illness, and then, like, different things I have to go through, like, what the difference of being sick and healthy is, mm-hmm. and it reminds me to, like, slow down as well, you know, because, like, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is learn that I can't do everything on my own now. Right. Right. So, and she explains it all through spoon. So, I'm going to fucking Her name is Christine Miserandino. I don't know. What oh. It's but you don't look sick.com. So, she put my best friend and I were in a diner talking as usual. It's very late. Oh. I will cry at one point of this. It happens every time. I just choke and I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> just so you know. It was very late, and we were eating french fries with gravy. Dang, that sounds good. 
Like normal girls our age, we spent a lot of time at the diner while in college, and most of the time we spent talking about boys, music, or trivial things that seemed very important at the time. We never got serious about anything in particular and spent most of our time laughing. As I went to take some of my medicine with a snack, as I usually did, she watched me with an awkward kind of stare. Instead of continuing the conversation, she then asked me out of the blue what it felt like to have lupus and be sick. I was shocked not only because she asked the random question, but also because I assumed she knew all there was to know about lupus. She came to doctors with me. She saw me walk with a cane and throw up in the bathroom. She had seen me cry in pain. What else was there to know? I started to ramble on about pills and aches and pains, but she kept pursuing and didn't seem satisfied with my answers. I was a little surprised as being my roommate in college and friend for years, I thought she already knew the medical definition of lupus. Then she looked at me with a face every sick person knows well, the face of pure curiosity about something no one healthy can truly understand. She asked what it felt like, not physically, but what it felt like to be me and to be sick. As I tried to gain my composure, I glanced around the table for help or guidance or at least stall for time to think. I was trying to find the right words. How do I answer a question I never was able to answer for myself? How do I explain every detail of every day being effective and give the emotions a sick person goes through with clarity? I could have given up, cracked a joke like I always do, and changed the subject, but I remember thinking, if I don't try to explain this, how could I ever expect her to understand? If I can't explain this to my best friend, how could I explain my world to anyone else? So I had to at least try. At that moment, at moment, the spoon theory was born. I quickly grabbed every spoon on the table. I grabbed spoons off other tables. I looked at her, dead in the eyes, and said, here you go, you have lupus. She was slightly confused, as anyone would when they were being handed a bouquet of spoons. The cold metal spoons clanked in my hands as I grouped them together and shoved them into hers. I explained to her that the difference in being healthy and being sick is having to make choices or to consciously think about things when the rest of the world doesn't have to. The healthy have the luxury of a life without choices, a gift most people take for granted. Most people start the day off with an unlimited amount of possibilities and energy to do whatever they desire, especially young people. For the most part, they do not need to worry about the effects of their actions. So for my explanation, I used spoons to convey this point. I wanted something for her to actually hold for me to then take away, since most people who get sick feel a loss of a life they once knew. If I was in control of taking away the spoons, then she would know what it felt like to have someone, or something else, in this case lupus, being in control. She grabbed the spoons with excitement and didn't understand what I was doing, but she's always up for a good time, so I guess she thought I was cracking a joke of some kind. Um, little did she know how serious I would become. I asked her to count her spoons. She asked why, and I explained that when you're healthy, you expect to have a never-ending supply of spoons. But when you have to now plan your day, you need to know exactly how many spoons you are starting with. It doesn't guarantee that you might not lose some along the way, or at least it helps to know where you're starting. She counted out 12 spoons and laughed and said she wanted more. I said no, and I knew right away that this little game would work. When she looked disappointed and we hadn't even started yet, I've wanted more spoons for years, and I haven't found a way to get more. Why should she? I also told her that she always had to be conscious of how many she had and not to drop them because she can never forget she has lupus. I asked her to list off the tasks of her day, including the most simple. As she rattled off daily chores or just fun things to do, I explained how each one would cost her a spoon. When she jumped right into getting ready for work, her first task of the day of the morning, I cut her off and took away a spoon. I practically jumped down her throat. I said, no, you don't just get up. You have to crack open your eyes and then realize you're late. You didn't sleep well the night before, so you have to crawl out of bed, and then you have to make yourself something to eat before you can do anything else. Because if you don't, you can't take your medicine, and if you don't take your medicine, you might as well give up all your spoons for today and tomorrow too. 
I cook, quickly took away a spoon and she realized she hadn't even gotten dressed yet. Showering would cost her a spoon just for washing her hair and shaving her legs, reaching high and low that early in the morning could actually cost more than one. But I figured I wanted to give her a break and I didn't want to scare her right away. Getting dressed was worth another spoon. I stopped and broke it down every task. Um, you can't just simply throw on clothes when you're sick. I explained that you have to see what clothes you can physically put on. If your hands hurt that day, buttons are out of the question. If you have bruises that day, you need to wear long sleeves. And if I have a fever, I need to wear a sweater and stay warm. If my hair is falling out, I need to spend more time to look presentable. And then you need to factor in another five minutes for feeling bad that it took you two hours to do all that. I think she was starting to understand when she theoretically didn't even get to work and she was left with six spoons. I then explained that she needed to choose the rest of her day wisely, since when your spoons are gone, they're gone. Sometimes you can borrow against tomorrow's spoons, but just think about how hard tomorrow will be with less spoons. I also needed to explain that a person who is sick always lives with the looming thought that tomorrow may be the day the cold comes, or that infection, or any number of things that could be very dangerous. Mm. So you don't want to run low on spoons because you never know when you're truly going to need them. I didn't want to depress her, but I needed to be realistic, and unfortunately, being prepared for the worst is a real part of day for me. When we went through the rest of her day, she slowly learned that skipping lunch would cost her a spoon, as well as standing on the train or even typing at her computer for too long. She was forced to make choices and think about things differently. Hypothetically, she had to choose not to run errands so that she could eat dinner that night. When we got to the end of her pretend day and she said she was hungry, I summarized that she, had, she could eat dinner, but she only had one spoon left. If she cooked, she wouldn't have enough energy to clean. If she went out for dinner, she might be too tired to drive home safely. Then I also explained that I didn't even bother to add into this game that she was so nauseous that cooking was probably out of the question anyway, so she decided to make soup. It was easy. And then I said, it's only seven, but you have the rest of the night, you, and maybe only end up with one spoon, so you can do something fun or clean your apartment or do chores, but you can't do it all. I rarely see her get emotional, so when I saw her upset, I knew maybe I was getting through to her. I didn't want my friend to be upset, but at the same time, I was happy to think that finally, maybe someone understood me a little bit. She had tears running down her face and asked quietly, how do you do it? Do you really do this every day? I explained to her that some days were worse than others, and some days I have more spoons than most, but I can never make it go away, and I can never forget about it. I always have to think about it, and I handed her a spoon and said, um, I had, I had been holding in reserve. I simply said, I've learned to live life with an extra spoon in my pocket in reserve. You need to always be prepared. It's hard. The hardest thing I've ever had to learn to do is to slow down and not do everything. I fight this to this day. I hate feeling left out, having to choose to stay home or to not get things done that I want to. I wanted her to feel that frustration. I wanted her to understand that everything everyone else does comes so easy, but for me, it's a hundred little jobs in one. I need to think about the weather, my temperature that day, and the whole day's plans before I can attack any one given thing. When other people can simply do things, I have to attack it and make a plan like I'm strategizing for war. Mm. It is in that lifestyle the difference between being sick and being healthy. It is the beautiful ability to think and just do, and I miss that freedom, and I miss never having to count the spoons. After we were emotional and talked about this for a little while longer, I sensed she was sad and maybe she finally understood. Maybe she realized that she could never truly and honestly say she understands, but at least now she might not complain so much when I can't go out for dinner some nights or when I never seem to make it to her house and she always has to drive to mine. I gave her a hug when we walked out of the diner and I said, don't worry, I see this as a blessing. I've been forced to think about everything I do. Do you know how many spoons people waste every day? I don't have room for wasted time or wasted spoons and I choose to spend this time with you. 
Ever since this night, I've used the spoon theory to explain my life to many people. In fact, my family and friends refer to spoons all the time. It's been code word for what I can and cannot do. Once people understand the spoon theory, they seem to understand me better, but I also think they live their life a little differently too. I think it isn't just good for understanding lupus, but anyone dealing with any disability or illness. Hopefully they don't take so much for granted or their life in general. I give a piece of myself in every sense of the word when I do anything. It's become an inside joke. I've become famous for saying to people jokingly they should feel special when I spend time with them because they have one of my spoons. Wow, that's real shit. So I wanted Even to get like health, a... I'm on the spoon games. Yeah, well, it's true. It's like, but seriously, no. you know, sometimes like you're like, fuck, I want to like, like you're saying, like you wanted to make your bed today and stuff. Like, dude, I have been trying to get this little area of my house organized for quite some time now. Just because once it's done, I'm going to feel better, too. Like, just right. know what I have, know what I don't need, etc. you know? Right. And it's like, by the time I get off work, I can't, I don't have energy for that shit, you know? I'm like, I just want to eat something and lay down. Yeah. And, yeah. like, sleep is so serious for diabetics. It's, like, the most important thing besides insulin. Yeah, that's how you regenerate your body. So, it's like, you know... Yeah, you know, when I when I was dealing with my shit, you know, like I said, you know, it was a fight to do everyday basic shit. You know, when I do look back, I'm like, man, I am crazy for doing all of the shit I was doing on top of it, you know, but I felt like, you know, life ain't guaranteed. Like, you know, when you have your condition, you know what I'm saying? Like, you probably feel like, you know, you got to accomplish as much as you can. Yeah, I've always had to have, like, have pretend to do. Yeah. that I'm, like, as bigger balls than anyone or like keep up with everybody yeah so i always have a hard time at work not telling people like when i'm actually having like an emergency low blood sugar and it's like if i don't get sugar in me i could just like drop dead Absolutely. and i'll just keep waiting until it's like yeah. we're at a break time because like what do you need a special second to eat some sugar and it's like actually i do but i get so embarrassed about it like i just nah, don't want to no you definitely don't want to go that route man because you know that's one of the main things when it comes to disease, you know, sometimes they manifest because of the lack of attention that we give Absolutely. ourselves sometimes. You feel me? So I Absolutely. feel like it's important, especially during the times, to be selfish and shit. Like this whole year, I can't say this whole year, but, you know, definitely a majority of this year and especially more so recently, I've been taking a lot of time out for myself as far as like, being skillfully selfish, like literally doing shit for myself and not doing the shit for people that have the level of entitlement or just think that I just should do this and shit like mm -hmm. that. It's like, you know, that spoons thing is for real because it's like the energy that I expend outside of myself, um, if I'm not careful, could put me back into the same mm -hmm. position because, you know, I developed that thyroid condition from stress, prolonged stress and you know what I mean? Um, you know, allowing myself to become stressed and allowing myself to, um, you know, feel a certain way about situations that I have no control over. So it's like, you know, when I start to feel some of those uh, type of little inklings come back, you feel me? I, 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 I got to make sure I protect my energy and protect myself. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. Just to keep that type of shit from even even happening, you know what I'm saying? Like, whew. 
Oh, you got yeah. No wonder you sitting up in your seat. You saw me switch machines. You think this machine hurts more? That area just hurts. I love oh, that okay. blue thing. God, it's blue like that though. Yeah. Whew. Oh yeah, we, this is a tough little, tough little zone. We'll be here for just a few. What minutes? Paying a visit. Yeah. When are you visiting again? Like in the same day? <laughs> <laughs> that's hot. Oh, that feels good. It's good. See, that's, that's a good blue. That's the attitude. That's good blue. Dude, if that was black right now, with just like black shading ink, I'd be like, you know what? Scratch that spot right there. We don't need that. I like that teal. It's like the color of my Converse. Yeah, so we're going to be branching from, you know, a nice gray from the blue to the teal. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So. I hella want to get that, like, the revolver behind the... I'm trying to think. Maybe not, because then you won't really get to clearly see. What's that? Well, because I was thinking about the heart I want to put with the rotten through it, that gem. Right, right. Having a revolver behind that would be stupid, because it would... The, the heart would be the main thing in that, you know, not, and the revolver I'd want to be like very detailed and stuff, so I might go somewhere else. But I mean, there's enough space to kind of play around with some of the ideas. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, just having an understanding of like what's the more direct focal points that you wanted to capture, you know, because yeah, the pinup would take, you know, a certain area. Oh, yeah, that's, that's space, like, but, um, you know. It's just, you know, because you, you do have space, like, on the back part of your arm and stuff like that, but... Uh, I bet you that hurts there. I'm shit, just, I mean, you got the inside of your arm, too. That hurts. It can like worse the, than that, though, Dude, right? yes. Right here. So, well, fuck, yeah. That is the worst place I've ever had a tattoo. Your finger, huh? The inside of your finger. Like, I saw someone who had the rotten tattoo right there. I was like, all them letters in there? Fuck that. Just yeah. these little teardrops. And that little ice cream, that was a little hot. Yeah, this little G symbol on the inside of the webbing of my hand, like right between my thumb and my index was probably the most painful. That's like that piercings? I've painful. had all kinds of piercings. My nose was the most painful piercing I ever had. Yeah? Yeah. I had the back of my neck pierced, I had my nipples pierced, I had my belly button, my face all over my face, my tongue. All kinds Everybody of Everybody just has their, you know what I mean? Everybody has their fucking... The spot that just that gets them, I guess. But yeah, the inside right here, this little webbing in my hand was fucking shitty. It was shitty. Did you see that face? That was yeah, yeah. pure happiness. Yeah, these colors are cool. Yes, they're now feel cool. They look cool, but they feel definitely warmer than you think. Yeah. So for the family out there, we're working on a cover up. This is our second session, um, and. We cover us pretty much out, out of there, you feel me? And now we just add in a little bit of the color. So. It's no longer a cover up, it's a new piece of art. Right, right. You're getting the artistic value going in here now. So. <laughs> she's enjoying this location that we're working on right now. What do you even call that? Like the wrist bone? Right, yeah. Pretty much. That's exactly what that is. One of them. Obviously. You know the person who gave me the idea to get that stupid tattoo in the first place, like had her fucking boyfriend's name tattooed on her too. And they were in like the most unhealthy relationship ever. I'm like, sure, I should probably do that too. <laughs> right. And then the dude who was her boyfriend is the dude who did the tattoo. Oh fuck. So he mm -hmm. was a tattoo artist. Yeah, sure. Did you yeah, see what that thing looked like? Guy. He is a tattoo guy. A person tattooing. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, a lot of people get the names for various reasons. Some people get them, you know what I mean, thinking it'll help the relationship or, you know what I mean, if they fucked up or whatever and they want to try to tighten it up or some people do it just to corral, you know, corral a person down and, or sometimes it might even just be straight, just genuine love. Like hey, that's what it was. So it really was. I was also drunk, yeah. so I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. You know, have done it last sober. It's like I would. What I would have done is I. I don't think I would have not got it. I would have got it somewhere else. Yeah. Like having it on my wrist was just like the amount of people that asked me if that was my name for one. It's like what the fuck. Well, women are normally pretty strategic when you, you know when you guys get. A name and shit. You guys normally like know how, where you want it, where to put it to obscure it and all that. Y'all got y'all game plan down for the most part. Um, so, you know. I strategically plan mine because knowing twelve years later in the future, I would find a tattoo artist that would be putting a piece of art over that. Nice. And here we are today. That was my strategy. See, mm-hmm. it's always a plan, and that was actually a great fucking plan. Thank right you. There. I'm glad. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I must say, if I say so, myself. Well, it's weird, like, my current boyfriend, it's like, you know, just him to, like, you know, I mean, like, clearly everybody has a past, but you just, like, you just glance over it once in a while, and I just feel like you just look at it like, that's not me. You know what I mean? And you never, like, make it a thing, but I always wonder, like, what if, like, his family's seen that? Like, who's, what's, who's Miles? Almost went with name. Yeah, his name was Miles, everybody. With a Y. Yeah, so I'm, obviously, it's... Enough to say he supports this move here. Oh, yeah. How's the appointment going? Oh, dang. My friend just got this tattoo. That's pretty crazy looking. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't think it looks as... See, I'm too funny about that. The nose and the mouth. Yeah, if you zoom in a little bit. Where'd she get that done? I have no idea. Is that your real friend? Did you let Mm -hmm. her go get that? Well, I mean, I haven't seen her in a long time. We went to high school together. She was a stripper from Virginia. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting that Northeast uh, spread. She was the craziest chick I have ever. Just one of those crazy ones. She always like a little duo. So, I mean, from your last episode, you know, we got the. She wasn't the one with me for the car. I mean, fuck. Cause that, you know, that was that was a serious thing right there. Yeah. I have to tune into our episode one. I still got to listen to the rest of that. I can't wait to sit and listen to it. My cousin listened to it. She was like, Nikki, get get the internet, get the yeah. internet, get attached to it and listen, because you have to like it'll say it's playing, but you can't hear it um, mm. unless you're connected to like you know like because my thing slows down when I hit a certain level. It'll slow down to like 120 oh, yeah, yeah, something, so it just yeah. takes forever to load and it just oh, yeah, won't. And yeah, I'm like. Yeah. That's so dope. You know, I appreciate, you know, people tuning in and giving me their input on the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're getting better. We're getting better. You know, the audio is getting a little better. And then pretty soon we'll be having some more mics and equipment and shit. So um, we cater into the, you know, to the interest of people who want to fuck with it. You can even do like, at a certain point, you can do like video podcast. I don't oh, know what absolutely. you call them. That's my direct. I mean, no, it's, just, it's still a podcast. You feel me? It's just ha- having cameras set up. That's that is absolutely on the roster, you know. 
because to get the audio and visual aspect, you know, like if people is, could really see what I look like, yeah, yeah, it'd be fucking fun. That yeah. was one thing that went well is the picture we took, and finally the picture loaded, and I was like so happy that you put a picture with it. Yeah. I was like, that was a funny ass picture too. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll just be getting better with the platform, but so far the reception has been good. Uh, it sounded good though, yeah, like you could hear yeah. it, so that's good. Yeah, it's just getting it getting it tightened up so that the machine isn't too abrasive to the ear. You know, obviously it's a tattoo shop and we're getting the real live experience, so people actually like that. But I want it, you know, as listen as listenable as possible. But um, it's getting better. Like I just did an episode a few days ago. I had this bartender here who, you feel me? He was um, he was just going through some tough shit. His mom passed away like a week or two ago. We had a ta- we had a session. Um, he wasn't able to make his mom passed away. He had to go and bury her, and then fucking you know he's, he's been dealing with a breakup over the past you know few months. So you know we've been dealing with that, but you know we decided to get on the fucking session. We took a shot of you know I had some douce up there. You feel me? We took a shot of that, and he was what down. What is that? a little bit of my drink, douce. Normally I have some whiskey or something up there, but this is a cool little cognac. Ah, is that the yeah. one that's in that bottle? Yeah, that's indeed. a cool bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he after a couple shots of that, you know, he was ready to fucking go. And we 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 had a good we had a good session. It was real honest. You know, we talked about relationships, how they come and go, and some of the things he did to cause it to end or whatever. You feel me? And you know, some of the bartender life. You feel me? So that that episode was pretty dope, and it was. Oh, like, I want to you know, listen to that. It was serious. Yeah, yeah, we'll be tuning in. I was you looking know, for a job the other night out here bartending, seeing what's out there where I'd go. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be curious to hear, as a fellow bartender, but also someone who is finally like, because he said that he was um, talking about things that he like contributed to the relationship to make it, and because like you know. I'm finally willing to admit that I'm a blessing and I, some people, and I'm like toxic to some people as well, you know, and yeah. mm-hmm. it takes a level of real fucking real manship to be honest with yourself, to realize, or just to like admit your fault or realize that you're the only one who's holding yourself back or like, you know, re- like take fault for what to you did. To hear a woman say this is just... It's out of this world. I'll deny it till the day I die. Take it to the grave. I can't tell you what that does for me, you know. Oh. That's a certain level of, you know, realism and cooperation that, you know, men don't expect women to have at all times. Which is why the woman like, the women like me, we never get the dude. Like, all through my younger years, it's always like, you're always like the cool chick. Shit. That's why. I mean, you know, I guess, I guess some dudes like that, like to be tormented and fucking... You know, had her nuts stepped on and all that shit. You know, like, you I, know, I, can, I, don't know. I can't tell you how many of my dude friends are just, like, dread their girlfriends. It's like, so what the fuck are you with them for? Like, you know, looks fade. Like, yeah. the whole look I have right now, how much of this can be wiped off with fucking makeup remover and fucking, as soon as my hair goes back to being brown... Yeah. The tattoos of those are forever. Those will stay. Well, as a diabetic, to get them removed, that's a very, that's a health risk. And I just, no, that's why I don't get those removed. They'd be here. They'd be here. Yeah. But, you know, but my mind, 
and my personality, I already know. Like, I've made plenty of mistakes, and I'm no perfect fucking... I'm the saint nor sinner. You know what I mean? I'm just... I'm Nobody me, but, is, but every once in a while, like, a man appreciates... Well, the one I have now, he does. Accountability. You know, a mature man, a real man. And we don't need a woman to always say they apologize. You can just show that you apologize. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, dude, I already... Or I, whatever. You know, I don't, you don't, you shouldn't always have to be in a position to apologize, but just to be realistic with the shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I said, you know, it's more of a masculine trait to take another thing a long too. line of accountability. We understand this, but to be able to have some of it or a bottom line of accountability or at least uh, acknowledgement, you know, uh, that's the shit I require. That's, that's cooperation. That's the point system. That's, that's like an actual prerequisite to me fucking with a female it's just her being, you know, realistic, you know. And she have to have a good relationship with her mom and her dad or at least know them enough and respect them enough to value that type of My parents taught me that the heart the that a good relationship, like the the most solids of relationship, they are not they don't they don't ride on just love. Like love is nothing in there. Like a good relationship has sacrifice. You know, it has it's not forgiving. It's like what what you sacrifice, you know, what you. I mean, my I just my parents have both. Nobody's perfect in that. They all have their own faults, but my parents have always been like love isn't what's always held them together. It's the sacrifice that they've done for each other. Yeah, right, right. I can't explain it, but it's like it's the most real shit I've ever learned in my no, life. No, no, I understand. It's like that, that whole thing, like when your light goes out in your house, do you sell your house, you change the light bulb. So, I don't know, sometimes you gotta burn that motherfucker to the ground, but sometimes you fix it, you keep, you know? I know um, what you would do. Um, <laughs> nobody's house, <laughs> just the car. <laughs> it's all funny, because like, when we were closing down one of these stores, I used to work for my friend for Anna's Linens, and she was like, for, uh, for reference, for those who haven't seen her first episode. I burnt a car down to the ground. Her, ex, her ex-boyfriend, you feel me? She I lit his car. You, yeah, she kept it lit. You know what I'm saying? So not we're talking the about one the, that we're covering his name up. No, though. we're not. No, this isn't a recent, so. Yeah, I was young and stupid. It's just, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a part of life, the learning aspect, but continue though. No mistakes in life. There are no mistakes. There are no regrets. There are no repeats, though. No, there, there shouldn't be. There better not be. Yeah, Hopefully I will do. No, I don't regret. I just try not to repeat. There you go. That's yeah. that's a real way. But you know, insanity is a real fucking comfortable place to be. Sometimes I'm just saying. Hey, sometimes you know that's a place. That's a location we haven't known that we've arrived. Yeah. Yep. there sometimes, you know. Me and my mom, we are textbook. My mom is textbook crazy. <laughs> she's textbook crazy, but she's gangster, you know? One time, <laughs> she'd be like, Nikki, there's gum in your in my purse. It's like, I pulled out a 45. I'm like, what is this? She's like, it's probably under there. Put that shit down. You know what you're doing. I'm like, what the fuck are you this in here for? You know? She's cool. She knows how to handle shit, though. But she's like... I don't know. My That's mom is why she's still married. Yep. They were married. I actually seen a postcard recently of my mom's invitation to her best friend. She's like, hey, I'm pregnant. By the way, the wedding's next month. Love, I Vicky. Mm-hmm. So I was at my parents' wedding, apparently. Just not quite. 
That's dope. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's those days. I don't know if th- those days are just gone forever. I don't know what we, we talk about relationships and we talk about you know longevity in relationships and you know some of the reasons why they don't last. But you know, it's always special to hear. You know. Um, oh my God, my parents when they look at each other sometimes I'm yeah. like they have thought if you haven't thought. <laughs> Who'd your alibi be? Like, what weapon you would use? Like, who you'd call for body bags? Like, where are you behind the body? Then you've never, ever been in a good course, relationship or in course, love. Of course. But just this, the fortitude and the strength to actually... Uh, Stick it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because um, so many people feel like the grass is greener, which it can be, but the type of rose-colored glasses that you have for the your creep or the new person you fucking with... That shit fades, you know what I'm saying? And then you're going to end up having certain type of feelings about, you know, the next person. Um, If you don't heal the shit within yourself that caused some of the problem in your previous relationship. That's true. Like, so I, when I went into my next relationship here, I told my boyfriend, I was like, look, I want to go into this shit honest. And I'm talking like that was more for me to say than like, of course, I want him to be honest with me. But I'm I'm letting you know right now that I've never always been honest. And it's always been about stupid shit. You know, it's not like I'd be lying to people about cheating on them or things like that. But I'm just talking about little white lies here and there. It's like keeping up with them is too much. I want to be open. I also don't want to play this game called drop subtle hints of why you're pissed all day, but really never say why you're pissed. And then all of a sudden you explode on me. But I asked you, are you upset about something? You told me, no, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Yeah. You know, or if I do something and you don't like it or it doesn't but sit the well fact with that you. you ask, that's a certain other level of etiquette. You know what I mean? Some women are annoying with that shit when they just constantly want to calibrate and get this validation. But on a, on a basic level, a lot, of, a lot of these females don't even have the fucking capacity to, you know, have that wherewithal, you know what I mean, in that etiquette to see if they might have violated and stepped on toes. And, you know, I'm the type of motherfucker, like, I'm not going to let shit slide and it snowball into something big. Like, I'm going to correct it right away. That's but what I'm talking about. It's even better when, you know, if there's a question about it, you know what I mean? Like, because, I mean, that's one of the things that you either know or you don't. Like, some females know that, hey, you know, I got away with this with this motherfucker. But that don't mean that it's right. It'll eat you up inside forever. As someone who's been on both ends of that, like as a chick, if you lie about something like that or you know you got away with something, that shit will just come back to haunt you later. No matter what. Even if it was something hella little. Hella little. It's just like I just prefer these days. If I'm not an open book, I'm lying to myself. I'm not saying there's things that I'll never just keep taking to the grave and stuff like that. You know, you know, people lie. But like, like, you know, know, there's no such thing as a hundred percent honesty. Recently, my ex-boyfriend, the dude whose name I'm covering up, he recently called me. I was in the kitchen with my boyfriend and we were making fucking breakfast, fucking burritos or breakfast pizza because we eat dinner (laughs) in the morning because we work (laughs) at night. So we're having breakfast pizza. And all of a sudden my boyfriend called. I'm like, what do you think that's about? And he's like, you could feel like him tense up a little bit like without saying nothing and I was like I immediately thought it was something to do with one of my dogs who I had to leave over there like we both got to take a dog and I took my dog Uzi and he kept our dog Peanut right mm-hmm. I thought maybe Peanut was sick so I was like I'm gonna pick it up okay I, just, I need to see what it's about and plus like 
I feel like had I had not picked it up and just ignored it, why the suspicious. yeah, why the fuck is he calling you? He been done with you for how long now? Almost a year. Like, okay. So I'm like, what's up? Nothing. He didn't say anything about the dog. He just asked me some dumbass fucking question, and it was over. And I was like, right when I hung up, like my boyfriend was just quiet, and I was like, is that any of this bother you whatsoever? Make you feel uncomfortable? Worried? Now is your time, dude. Or you better forever hold your peace on something. You know what I mean? Because if I've done something that you don't agree with or you don't like, I need I need to know that so I can fucking remedy that. So I can fix that. That's you almost know? unheard of from females, honestly, that type of shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm still new at this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, like, working on getting the gist out because, like, you know, I've already had my moments where I have my, like, little doubts about things. But, you know... The worst thing is, like, when you say, like, dude, are you mad at me for something? And but they say no. That's, that's almost like a man should never be in a position where he's passive-aggressive like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the whole point of being the man is to say, hey, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And then to check the situation in a respectful manner where you're not losing, you know. I've also been position. one of those girls who used to spend so much time worrying about if my dude was cheating on me that I could never enjoy him. It's like, it is what it is, uh, and yeah, they'll yeah, do yeah. what they're going to do. So, for the time you have them, I would like to enjoy the whole, like, fact that I got them now. You know what I mean? I don't want to be I worried about... I think a lot of women won't worry like that. But I think women, if, if y'all if y'all understood, or, you know, took the time to understand your men a little more, you know what I'm saying? One, first of all, you got to have, you know, women have to have the better, uh, better discernment with the type of nigga they fucking with. One, but once you figure out, you know, that you fuck with somebody that you can trust for the most part, I mean, y'all, y'all can keep a motherfucker at bay. You know, like I said, if you, as long as you didn't, you know, fucking you know, know pull up a, a pure gigolo, but you can, y'all, certain etiquette things that y'all can do to keep a guy at bay, and he's not even tripping. If you have an ass, that'll keep a guy going. Potentially, you know <laughs> potentially. But not just that. I mean, I, I fuck with some girls with some banging bodies, you know what I'm saying? And they just, they still didn't have much function to serve me to keep me interested, like, you know, mm-hmm. fully. I, I think, you know, the etiquette and the way that, you you know, women handle their shit, yeah. I mean, for, for majority of guys, I say a high percentage, yeah. All you got to do is look good and have a banging ass body and just sit around. But, you know, those are the type of guys that, you know, you're going to get... We're gonna get that fly. Right, so fly. One of these <laughs> fucking lab created flies, drones coming around here, fucking buzzing. Dude, look at all that blue. Oh, yeah, we got some good color in here, too. A lot of people call me blue. They call me blue, Skittles, Rainbow Bright, or Punky Brewster. I can see the, the Punky Brewster shit. That's a little bit before your time. What you know about that? I'm an old soul. Everybody knows that. How old are you? I'm an old soul too. <laughs> That's the two old people answer. I'm an old soul. How old are you? I'm an old soul too. That's how you do it. What's your start? No, Scorpio. Right? Yeah, you remember. I remember. Yep, it's the when only did we star have this sign. I don't know, but it's the only star sign I believe in. <laughs> I heard that. That in my own Pisces. Most people have like when they hear the the Scorpio shit, they get ooh. I'm like, uh, mm. yeah, I get that too. Ooh and mm. Hmm. Uh, huh. Mm? Uh, Makes uh, sense. I get. I Typical. Get all of that. Nah, but the the Scorpio shit is, you know, I I I live in the realm of being misunderstood, and I'm cool with that. Most motherfuckers. 
Like I, I've just not too long ago been comfortable with just being misunderstood and not giving a fuck. Hey, it's better people... to be somebody's cup of whiskey than yeah. everybody's cup of tea. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I like that term too. That's real smooth. Mm-hmm. Right Some That's girls are made shit. of sugar and spice. Others are made of fucking whiskey and bad decisions. That's <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Yeah, let me get this out of here. Yeah, get that out of there. Ah! Some of these locations that get your attention more than others. Then you get me a location. This is one of those spots that's like right on the bone. And you get me to shut my fucking mouth for a second. That's crazy. Nothing you can fucking do about it. Go ahead and let out the sound effects. Let people know you. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. You fuck around and pass out. No. I know. The first time I was drawing someone's blood, they passed out on me. I freaked out when they came back. They're like, was it hilarious? I'm like, no, it wasn't hilarious. Let me use my other machine to get here. There's a little more give because this is gonna be, you know, I'll be, I'll be easy on you a bit here. Aw, thanks. Why? Because I got a good mentality going on. Like, yeah, man, you're admitting that, girls. Yeah. Plus, I just don't want to fucking scar you up here. You know, we ain't, we ain't in it for that. This is smooth transitions here. Now this machine is a lot quieter, but it's a lot less give. So. What do you mean? Get like it takes like harder to it's like harder to get the color in no um it's just it's less give so it's better for fattier areas Mm. for bonier areas you know i got other machines and shit that's softer oh i see what you're saying for some of these other areas up here you know we got to pack this color in so oh i see yeah man i would love to learn how to tattoo yeah you you this is like one of the uh marquee studying positions right here when you sitting here getting inked you learn so much have you ever looked of course you have because you're a tattoo artist but like i was watching this like what it actually looks like in slow motion the tattoo gun like hitting with the ink it is so crazy looking to see like the way it hits and how it gets the ink in there right 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 yeah this shit looks you know real graceful going at that slow motion this is the coolest way I've ever got a tattoo right now. Just sitting here in the thinker position. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much better in that area. That is a quiet-ass gun. Well, if you would like to aspire and be more into this field, we got to change the terminology here. You know, we, we, we sometimes allow for people who... Ain't veterans, but you know, you, you're pretty much a veteran now, so we're gonna change you saying gun to machine. Machine. Yeah. Tattoo machine. Absolutely. Etiquette. Yeah. I'm big on etiquette, as you can see. That's like, you know, that's what makes the world go around. Hey, man. I like etiquette. But I mean, that's ultimate etiquette to ask them. I mean, you know, most guys are probably still say no and still have a problem with it. If you ask him, then he's got, he can't say yeah. What For the what? Fuck did he say? Did he say you had a problem with it? No. I just said, like, you know, the thing is, is, like, the first time it ever happened where I was like, dude, are you mad at me? And they were like, no. And then it was... Mad at it, you for what? It was some stupid shit, like, I don't even know. Like, I was just hella late to get over there. And I didn't pick up my phone or something like that. It was when I was moving out of my ex-boyfriend's house. Are you mad at me? No. Are you sure? No. And then it was like, then why are you being like so short with me? And da, 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 da. And then finally it was like, yeah, I do have a problem with it. Why the fuck didn't you say something? It's been, oh yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? And I don't like, like if I've crossed a boundary somehow or done something that's 
you're not comfortable with, I'll continue to do it until I know that it's a problem. So if you just nip that shit in the butt, like, then all of a sudden we don't have problems. You know what I mean? I mean, there's other problems we have to have. Sometimes guys can get in trouble for that, too. Uh, uh, Get in trouble with that because, you know, they want to keep the sex going and keep everything flowing. And, you know, they don't want to cause no ripples and they don't want to seem insecure. But what guys don't realize is sometimes when you don't assert yourself in those areas and you women can read a guy 100%. So if a motherfucker says it don't bother him, you can tell that it still bothers him. But if you realize it bothers him and he's, he's trying to act like it, but then, man, it kind of, then there's this whole thing about pick and choose your battles. Because some things that would normally bother me might not bother other people. And some things that bother other people won't bother me. So there are some things where I have to decide when it's time to say, yeah, I have a problem with that. Is that really something that I need to have a problem with? You know? Is that yeah. something... And that's when you have to, like, really, really pick and choose them. Well, so see, like, for, 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 but see, in that situation in particular, it's not necessarily about having a problem. But what I learned in relationships, you feel me, is like you have to establish a premise. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, if that's not a problem, if that motherfucker called back, then why are you mad now? Absolutely. When it actually is something with the dog or something that, you know, you needed to tend to. Why are you mad now? You didn't care when he was just calling to try to shoot the shit. Why are you mad exactly. now? Are you mad because he called again? Like, what? you know, it's like, you know, it gets weird. So, like, you know, for instance, you know what I'm saying? Like, the old me when I was younger might have thought that it might have been weak to say, hey, I don't like when you fucking with your phone while I'm chilling with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I wouldn't, like... I've never been like what like you're smiling always, at, all your happiness is right over here yeah, in the same room yeah. with you. See, I'm the, yeah. that's how I get. To, but see, I'm like that though. Like I, I would say that like if we, I if we chilling, especially if we on a date and we kicking and shit. You ain't yeah, if you ain't all in your phone and shit. Then that's your date. Then we gonna <laughs> I'm gonna move forward. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna assert myself. I'm not gonna act like it don't bother. Like that shit don't bother me. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that shit be known. Like nah, that's. That's a real pet peeve of mine, you feel me? Like, you know, you, I mean, being all in your phone, like, you know, I'm in business myself, so my my success is based on the type of, the amount of energy I put into my phone directly too, but if I'm, you know, on a date and I'm fucking with a female, you know what I'm saying? Your business like, closes at a certain point too. Yeah. You know, to a degree, I mean, you know, little shit, you know, I'll tap in, but I'm not about to be having a whole ass conversation. And I definitely nah, don't, like the female that I'm fucking with, I'm not going to allow that because, you know what I'm saying, man, there's just certain levels of disrespect that, you know, like you said, sometimes women, if you don't say nothing, then it's just going to keep going. And sometimes it can snowball. Like, what if we having a serious-ass conversation or I'm trying to tell you some shit, you know what I'm saying? And you That's might, when those hater-ass yeah. comments start coming out, like, yeah. who can say something you can't come back from? Yeah. And that's so why you're gonna like, end up like your fucking father! It's like, she knows I fucking <laughs> hate him more than anyone else! That's my biggest fear in life! Yeah. That, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's important, though. I think it's important, though, because you, you and your boyfriend haven't been together for too long. Mm-mm, since November. Yeah, so, it's like, you know, it's, it's a learning and weeding out process, but I, I give you props for um, actually vocalizing that type of shit because, I mean, that's actually, that's real cooperation as far as, um, you know, wanting to make it work. Oh, yeah. I, I got one more relationship in me until I'm either becoming a fucking lesbian or a pimp. Like, that's it. 
a lesbian or a pimp. Yeah, so or both. I was just going to ask you, are you part both already? Yes, part both <laughs> already. I'm part pimp and part lesbian. Nice, nice, no, it's nice. just like, like one time we were in the kitchen and he was like trying to help me out with my blood sugar thing and like counting my carbs for me. And I get real irritated when people start helping me with it, believe it or not. Because you feel like you don't want to feel like yeah, a case. Yeah, well, yeah, they're like, what, why like can't you just, patient with yeah, you why can't you just eat what's right? Why do I got to sit here and count, right? And I just straight rolled my eyes at him behind his back though. And then I, he turned around and he was like, here, he made me some food and shit, gave me all my, because he's hella smart, he's good with math, so he'll be like, this many carbs are on this plate, I need you to take this much insulin. And I'm like, all right. And then I just stopped and thought about it, and I looked at him and I said, I'm so sorry for rolling my eyes at you. He goes, well, you rolled your eyes at me? I was like, well, yeah, like behind your back when you weren't looking. And I realized at first I rolled my eyes at you because you were like taking control of this and like, you know, telling me how to do the medicine, like I can't fucking do it myself. And then I realized how lucky I am for someone to care enough to do it for me when I'm not doing it. And mm-hmm. like, thank you for helping me out. You know what I mean? He was like, "You're fucking ridiculous." I was like, "Starting this fucking shit on no lies." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like over the top about that shit. But I just, I gotta know. Like, I don't like that whole thing. It's like, dude, when someone's like dropping the subtle hints about being mad, you're just like, "Are you fucking mad or are you not mad? Like, are you over?" Yeah. You know. It's- because the only way through it, like, out of it is through it. You know what I mean? Did your ex do that a lot? Yeah. I used to do that a lot, too, though. Yeah. And the sex just stopped, and then, like, it just gets weird for a His, while. Yeah, kind of. Not with, like, with me, that's really hard, though, because I'm, I'm just saying, that's my, how it is in relationships, though, a lot. You know, That like, was one thing that me and my ex-boyfriend, about. we lost all communication and everything, but we still would have sex, and that was, like... That was, like, the only thing that kept us for, like, the last probably year. You, like, pass each other in the hallway and hang out for, like, five minutes. and Barely, yeah, barely. <laughs> hallway but, sex. Yeah, but, like, see, I have a problem because I have, like, a very, very, very high sex drive. So, I'm, like, a weirdo about it, too. I think I never knew a woman that don't, woman that don't have a high sex drive. You what? I never, well, no, I take that back. Some of the women that think they just gotta look good don't have a high sex drive oh no it's all about I don't know what it's all about I used to think I needed to go to like sex classes to like say like hi my name's the kid sex addict yeah yeah you know everybody always wants a freak until you're sitting there with fucking nipple glands and a ball gag in your mouth I hate that yeah that's funny so I always try to avoid fighting and lying just in the event that what if that gets taken away from me and I can't get some then I'm like I'm so sad mm-hmm. also it's like dude if you want to play video games or chill with your friends and shit and all you gotta do is give me good one time for that day like I'll fucking bo- I won't bother you all day long I'll be out there skipping in a field of fucking daisies <laughs> like, hey how's it going who's my man like start yeah, randomly yeah. finger pointing at people I'm like a typical guy yeah I that. You know? I'm like, and then I have no room to think about little things to just, like, start marinating in my head about, like, why I'm pissed at other things. I'm like, I already forgot why I'm mad. I'm going to go get us some burgers, though. Absolutely. See? That's also That's my, good. like, one sign. That's my good. boyfriend always knows if I tell you, like, right after we're done banging that I'm so hungry. I'm like, I'm so hungry. I'm going to get some pizza or a burger. He'll be like, I'm the man. That means yeah, I was good. <laughs> yeah, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I just, I automatically want pizza or, like, in and out I heard that. Oh, I'm, I'm hungry right now. I'm always hungry. <laughs> That's one thing about being skinny too. now and having, like, a fat girl mentality. 
Everyone's like, have a burger. I'm like, well, I so actually... So how did you lose all that weight? Uh, not in the best ways. Was it, you know what I mean, a fast life? You was on a fast track diet? I was on a... Sure. So there's <laughs> there's there's diet. two there's two parts to this. There's one, I was heavily into drugs for a while. That yeah. definitely helps. Yeah. But there's something that they call diabulimia, which is if you eat whatever you want and don't take any medicine... Instead of your body eating sugar for fuel, like it's supposed to with diabetes, without insulin, it can't get your sugar, so it'll start eating your fat. Yeah, yeah. It can so kill it's like you, keto, though. basically. Ketoacidosis. Yeah, that's so exactly what that is. So I lost... Um, I go through ketoacidosis.